And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on KLEB. Casey Jistler here with Coach Brian Kyle. I hope everybody's enjoying the start to their day. Hope everybody is having a wonderful morning and all that good stuff. It's kind of a yucky day outside, to be honest with you. It's a little bit damp. It's supposed to be a bunch of rain coming. Hope everybody's staying dry and all that good stuff. Let's thank our sponsors at the top of the show, and then we'll give you a, a lay of the land, a rundown of how everything's going to be going today. You want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation and Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 in Cutoff. And a reminder that tonight we are going to be in the tank for a doubleheader. Um Three teams, a three-team doubleheader. That's the second uh, second time in the high school gym in a row that we see something like that. We have the South Lafouche girls who will be taking on Vanderbilt at roughly 6 o'clock. Then we've got the South Lafouche boys who will be taking on Patterson at roughly 7 o'clock. Two big challenges, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Both teams are, are pretty uh, large underdogs coming in, but that's why they play the game. You never know what might happen when you have a – Tuesday night in the tank. So the South Lafouche boys and the girls will be trying to uh, get some key wins and try to build some momentum, and we look forward to being there and seeing how it all shakes out. Yesterday, we had some very interesting score results, including a local team that that got a a ginormous win, and we'll start off with it right there. Uh, Well, first, before we we do that, we'll have HL Bourgeois coach Andrew Kiowet on at 1145 to talk about what we're about to discuss and then at 12.15, we'll have CCA baseball coach, Coach Joe Tuto on the line. It's been a while since we've chatted with Joe. Baseball practices have started. We got umpire scrimmages this weekend. We'll have Joe on a little later in the show to ask us about or to talk to us about how the, the uh, Lions are, are doing their preseason routine and how everything's going out there. But now we get to the um, to the scoreboard, and, and my goodness, yesterday out in Bouti. H.L. Bourgeois got a 65-64 to win over Hanville. The Braves led that game by double digits for most of the game. Shout out to our buddy Ashton Dillon. He was providing me with scoreboard updates throughout the second half of the game. H.L. Bourgeois was up you know, 12 points, 14 points, whatever. It looked like they were going to cruise. Then all of a sudden, the scoreboard updates that Ashton started sending were getting a little dark for the guys in gray. Um as Hanvo started chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, cutting into the lead, cutting into the lead. And then Chris Coleman fouls out of the game late, and the Braves have to hang on and survive. HL Bourgeois gets a 65-64 to win over Hanville. From what I understand, David Green had a huge game last night, made a bunch, a bunch of three-pointers. Um, you're now the only undefeated team in that 5A district. You've got a heads-up win against all of the River teams. The only team that you're waiting to try to knock off is Central Lafouche. Coach Kiowet and his crew now in the power ratings moved up to number seven last night. No other way to put this. That was a big one for HL Bourgeois last night, getting a ginormous road win against the Hanville Tigers. Yeah, big win on the road. Man, they, they're setting themselves up for a, a good finish. Now they, uh, that second round, though, they're going to have to be ready to go and, and – finish that second round, but big, big win for the Braves. The LHSAA schedule has them facing Central Lafouche today. That game is not today. That game is tomorrow because, you know, the teams agreed, hey, we'll give Bourgeois a little extra time. That game is tomorrow night. They'll be taking on Central Lafouche wrapping up round one. E.D. White, man, they were in danger of handing Destrahan's their first win of the season last night. They were trailing in the fourth quarter. But the Cardinals storm back and dominate the fourth quarter, get a 60-53 to win over Destrahan last night. 
ED White's right on that bubble in Division II select. If you would have lost that one last night, you would have been in a bind. But good on Coach Keefe's team for rallying back, getting a 60-53 to win over a Destrehan team that now this is a couple of times this season we've seen that happen to Destrehan where they have a late lead and just squander it away. Uh, still winless on the year, and it was an absolute must-win for E.D. White last night. Yeah, good win for the Cardinals. Look, Destrehan, uh, you're getting fewer and fewer chances to get off that uh, losing streak, and it's gonna. I think it's going to be tough for them. Homer Christian School gets a 59-52 to win against Kenner Discovery Health Science. We're going to see Homer Christian School tomorrow out in their gym. They're taking on Thomas Jefferson by all accounts, uh, for folks that know that district, that might be the district championship game. There are a lot of people that think those might be the two best teams in that district. Homa Christian School has won five of six and three in a row. They're now, how about this, quietly 11-7 and seven on the season. About two weeks ago, you and I did our midseason awards. How about Richard Jones for local coach of the year? He loses a transfer who would have been probably his best player. Then the next best player on that roster is out for the season with a back injury. It's got a very young team playing eighth graders, ninth graders. They're eleven and seven. Coach Jones is doing an outstanding job with that team. They have beaten a couple of four A schools in our local four A district. Get a big one against Kenner Discovery Health Sciences. Coach Jones doing an amazing job this year with Homer Christian School. Yes, he is. He's in the mix to be one of the uh, you know coach of the year. He's got to finish strong. But, yeah, he's uh, he's doing a great job and losing two players, the caliber that he lost, and, and to uh, regroup his team and, and compete and win, it's an amazing job. On the girls' basketball side, we saw the Lutcher Bulldogs yesterday get a 41-15 win over Homa Christian School. We had Coach Jamar Celestine on yesterday, and he was saying up front, hey, Lutcher's got some athletes. They're going to maybe present us some problems. It looks like they did as Lutcher gets a 41-15 win over Homa Christian Lutcher well, just stacking up them wins, man. That's going to be a huge game for the Lady Tarpons uh, when when the Bulldogs come to or when the Lady Tarpons go to the Bulldogs in a, in about a week or so. Glen Oaks gets a sixty four to twenty seven win over South Terrebonne in girls basketball action. Rough year for the Gators, but they did you know surpass last season's win total and they're continuing to play hard. Glen Oaks puts it on them last night. And then in the most competitive girls' basketball game last night, you had Hanville get a 50-48 to win over H.L. Bourgeois. It's crazy, man. Almost the same exact scenario at the end of the game as the South Lafouche-Mount Cornwall game. H.L. Bourgeois has a young lady attempt a mid-range shot. It sure looked like she got fouled. The foul was not called. Hanville secures the loose ball, and they get a win. But, bro, the one thing that is noticeable to me in our local 5A girls district, I thought going into the district it would be the River Schools out front and the Bayou Schools chasing the tail, so to speak. Bourgeois has gotten a lot better. Central Lafouche has gotten a lot better. Both of those teams got wins over East St. John. Our Bayou teams have caught up to the pack. Thibodeau's playing very well. Dude, that would have been just a huge win. If HL could have gone on the road and beat Hanville, that would have been an absolutely huge win for them. Come up a little bit short, but in the process, show us just how far they've come because I don't know that they could have done that earlier in the year. So I missed part of they had a foul not called? Yeah, Bourgeois attempted a shot from the elbow at the buzzer, and uh, there was a lot of contact. There was very similar to that play at the end against Mount Cornwall when South Lafouche was playing. No foul was called. A shot comes up short. Ball ends on the floor. Game over. Mm. That's tough, but you know, and like people have been saying for the last week, there's things that happen throughout the game. 
it, it's just it, it's tough when it uh, again when the horn's going off that a call you think should be made that's not but you got to play through those things and don't put yourself in those situations I guess is the best way for it not to happen for bourgeois it becomes a very difficult situation because Honda's 19 and three I mean that would have been just a big old win for them if they could have got it but as it stands bourgeois now still kind of behind the eight ball in their quest to try to get into the postseason with a seven and nine record so we'll see if they could uh, make up some hay in the second round of district play uh, tonight, as we said, we got South Lafouche taking on Patterson uh, on the boys' side. We got South Lafouche taking on Vanderbilt on the girls' side. And we've got a whole slate full of games today uh, in our area. We got some really big ones today and some really fun matchups. Um, for the Tarpons, you're underdogs in, in probably both games, but you are playing at home. What are some things that you think Coach Williams and Coach um, Jenkins are trying to stress to their teams? To hey, let's go on out and, and let, let's shock the world here. Let's get a big win for our team. Yeah, with Coach Jenkins, everyone since last year, I mean, talking Vanderbilt, how good those girls are at Vanderbilt. And I kind of spoke to Coach Jenkins a little bit uh, after one of their games that we covered. And they're coming to your gym, they're coming to the tank. So you never know what can happen. And uh, she's going to have those girls, uh, along with, uh, with Zaron, they're going to have those girls ready to play. And, look, you can compete and get the crowd into the game. That's going to help the Lady Torpens tonight. And uh, it's going to be a challenge, there's no doubt, because Vanderbilt all around, I mean, they have just athletes all over and basketball players, not just athletes, basketball players. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Lady Torpens will be up for the challenge. And, look, the, if the Lady Torpens can shoot the ball from – they're going to get the ball inside, and they can maybe draw fouls and get Vanderbilt in foul trouble – and if the Lady Torpens can shoot the ball well from the outside, it could be a game going into the fourth quarter. So tell me about the other challenge. You're playing Patterson for the boys. I, I can't I can't figure these dudes out, man. I mean, they lose to HL Bourgeois by 40. Then, you know, they, they play Santa Mont close. Barely beat Westgate, who's 2-8 and eight and who's struggling. And then get blown out by Beauchamp. And then struggle past E.D. White but then beat Southside, lose to St. James. Like They're so inconsistent. They're 10-13. and 13. They have played a hard schedule. Sometimes they bring it. Sometimes they don't. I, I don't know what to expect. I could see them getting a lopsided win on the road, playing their best. I could see the Tarpons making it an ugly game, and with three minutes left, it's tied up as well. How do you bring out, quote-unquote, the bad Patterson and make sure that you're playing the game your style as opposed to the way they, they want to play it, which will be more up and down? Yeah, when you're looking, like you mentioned, that Patterson scores, you're like, wow, they beat this team, then the next team is like, yeah, very oh, inconsistent. They, they must have had kids out or did kids quit or flunk out. You're trying to figure out why they're so inconsistent, but it happens. Uh, it's not like they lost kids because in January – like right after Grays, they may have played not a very good game, but then a week later, boom, they respond and back. It's up and down uh, with with Patterson. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I just and then, look. I haven't seen any film on them at all. I've seen them play once or twice. Uh, maybe Patterson's Patterson. They're gonna want to push the ball. They want to be aggressive, and when they get into games where teams can match up with them when they're trying to push the ball and they can play fast also, they may have trouble. Or if a, a team's going to try and slow it down and they play their tempo, 
they have trouble there. So I, I just think tonight the Tarpons got to control tempo is, is the biggest thing. I don't think you can go out and run with these guys. Uh, but who knows? I mean, the Tarpons, they like to push the ball a little bit, and we'll, we'll see tonight. But I, I think tempo is going to be a big, big part tonight in tonight's game. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, you go from struggling past E.D. White, losing to St. James, then beating Southside by 10. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like a like the old Forrest Gump. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Hopefully the Tarpons could do some things to make them uncomfortable. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to talk to a very happy coach, Andrew Kiwet. His team got a ginormous win yesterday. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, the biggest result in our local high school area last night was HL Bourgeois making the road trip out to Bouti and getting a huge 65-64 win over Hanville remaining as the only undefeated team in our local 5A district. And we have Coach Kaiwet of the HL Bourgeois Braves on the line now. Andrew, good morning, man. How are we doing today? Good morning. Doing fine. Good, man. Look, big one for your team. Um, I was getting scoreboard updates from someone who was there and sounded like you guys had pretty good control of it. We're up double digits, and then Hanville started chipping away in the fourth quarter. You guys were battling some foul trouble, and at the end, you were just able to do just enough to gut it out. Big, big win for the Braves, who are now 16-8 and eight on the season. Look, we played great for three quarters, and then we, we pretty much stunk it up in the last quarter. And a combination of us, uh, our level of play dropped, our focus dropped, and, and Hornville's a great team, and they stepped up and did some things. 
Um, we looked like a great defensive team for three quarters. And look, along with, with Chris Coleman, I think their number one is arguably, if not the best, he or Chris is the best player in that district, I believe. And, uh, you know, uh, he just, he, he's, he's tough. He's six three, six four, whatever he is. And, uh, he can score from all levels. Uh, so if you, if you slough off just a little bit, he's going to nail a three on you. He can get to the mid range and he did a great job splitting, splitting our doubles and, and getting to the, getting to the rim. And then we took some really dumb shots down the stretch when we really didn't need to. And, uh, I don't know exactly what time, but Chris fouled out maybe with about two minutes left and it's a nip and tuck game. So. In that regards, I'm really proud of the kids for stepping up and finishing it off. You know, when, when you're without your floor leader and you can still finish it. And look, uh, we did a lot of great things. We played, we played with so much focus, so much energy. Um, you know, and, and I was pleased to see that after the, the, the disappointment in me to Slidell. And I think Slidell is one of the most talented teams we played all year, but to see you bounce back after a loss and, and I told I told it to my assistant coaches last night. I said I'm not one of those that believes things are good losses, but I think when you look back on it, we were primed for a loss with uh, with Slidell, and uh, I think it got us refocused, re-energized, and uh, we played a phenomenal first three quarters last night. Sounded like from you know some of the reports that I got that you guys had some kids step up. I you know I understand the green kid made a bunch of big shots and was you know getting some dunks and you know it was more than just the Coleman show. You guys showed your depth last night getting that big win. Yeah, I think Chris actually only had twelve points and he had a pretty efficient twelve points, but for him that's obviously a really low scoring. Uh, but we had. Uh, David was kind of in my doghouse before last night, and he was kind of, he wasn't starting last night, and uh, he was kind of moping around a little bit. And probably about two or three minutes before the game, I'm, I'm sitting on the bench, and, and uh, two or three minutes before we went out for warm-ups, and I'm sitting on the bench behind the girls' bench, and I, I, I grabbed his arm and I pulled him down to me, and I said, look, you, you played terrible last game. You uh, you did some inappropriate things, uh, questioning us, and I said, and you you got to pay the price. I said, what am I supposed to do? You got to pay the price. But I said, you know, I'm fair with you, and I'm gonna be fair with every kid. And I said, you're gonna get a shot. So when you get your shot, just do something with it, and don't don't uh, don't come out the game. And I always tell kids, this this is a results driven thing. You got to show results to get playing time. You got to show results to keep playing time or increase playing time. And look, I was planning on playing him about third off our bench last night. And after that talk, he had a good warm up. He got in. He he uh, he was on the bench and cheering. And he was focused and he was into it. And I just had a gut feeling, and I went with him first. And look, he sh- he made five threes last night. He just played. He played a great game. Uh, we had we had he with 19, Chris had 12, Kadar Mitchell probably played his best game of the year. He had 11. We had uh, we had a freshman Janaris Jones play an incredible game. He had 11. Um, we had we had uh, 
Taj Mosley got the got the big responsibility covering there. Number one, he did a tremendous job. He had eight rebounds and he scored six. Malik Miles off the bench scored a big six and didn't score a point. The Quentin Ruffin, our other freshman, did a phenomenal job defensively. And they actually got the ball back with about seven seconds left going length of the court. And he stripped number one, going to the basket, and got a, got a game-saving steal. Very, very good. Look, you guys are off today and are playing Central Lafouche tomorrow. That presents a whole other set of challenges. The Trojans are 14-win team, just like Hanville, so it's another chance to get a bunch of power points. How do you guys try to attack and slow down the Trojans tomorrow? Well, we have to speed the game up. And, and you and I talked, uh, I guess, last week, you know, what do we do on our off days? So we're, we're going to run for about 45 minutes today, uh, just get the lactic acid moving on them and uh, try and save legs for tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, I, we have to speed the game up against them. They're a tremendous team. Look, a senior-laden team. They're, you know, Gage is doing a great job with them. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously I think we're one of their biggest rivalries along and, and so forth for us also. And uh, so, I mean, when you play in a rivalry game, you could throw everything out the window. It's two really good teams getting ready to do battle. You know, uh, along with Chris and the kid from Hornville, I think, I think Evan is one of the best players in our area. And, uh, you know, the thing that's scary about Central is every kid on a team can just flat out shoot the basketball. And uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a big – I think if we win the game tomorrow, it's going to be because of defense. Uh, we have to do a tremendous job on them and cover their shooters, and uh, we have to we have to do a great job on the boards and limit them to one shot. You don't want to you don't want to start giving them extra bullets in the gun when when they already shoot the ball so so well. Um, like I tell my kids all the time, I think I think they can push the ball on us, but that also makes them susceptible to getting the ball pushed on them. So we have to play our game. It's got to be a 94-foot game. And, uh, you know, and, and look, I think that's one of the things that makes us have a chance to be a pretty good team is we can run, we can defend, but we can also play some half-court offense too. So, uh, and, and we're a pretty good free-throw shooting team. If we could just, we could just shore up, and we've gotten better rebounding-wise, but I still think we need to shore up a little bit more. Coach, how has the attendance been at y'all games? Because looking at y'all schedule, it's set up where you have your last two district games and last two games of the season at home uh, against Hornville and Central Lafouche. That should be some big-time games for the community to go out and support you guys. Well, uh, the kids thought I was nuts. Probably the parents thought I was nuts, but but I road-tested this group. I figured they were ready for it. Uh, in our pre-district, we only played our tournament at home. Everything else was on the road. And I told them on the bus ride home last night, I said, do y'all understand why I road tested you? Because, look, we, that was a great environment at home last night. And uh, stands were packed. Their student body does a great job. And, look, I, I, ha, ha, uh, hats off to St. Charles Parish. The improvements to Destran and Hornville gyms are phenomenal. And I think that's such a huge home court advantage having that student section right behind the uh the goal and then you 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 sit right against them and uh i mean it's just a great environment but it's not anything that we haven't seen yet this year 
So attendance has been much better. I mean, you look at it, we, we play Thibodeau, we play Terramont at home. So, I mean, we were already rolling a little bit. And I told kids, I said, I, I told a group of kids that I just saw just now, and I said, look, we're, we're playing better than we we're a different team than three weeks ago. And uh, we're playing better and better and better. Take take away the hiccup against uh, against Slidell, and hopefully that's all it is is a hiccup. And uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, we're gonna we're gonna have some phenomenal crowds coming up when you're when you we we got Hornville at home. We have uh, we have Central at home. We have Destran at home. So I mean, I think it's gonna be some tremendous games. Coach, the the instinct for coaches today is to say, oh, man, district doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it's not like it used to be. I think in your case, if you guys can win the district championship, I think it would mean a little bit more just because of how competitive this district actually is. Is that a goal that you guys are, are trying to go all in for to try to, to, to grab? Oh, absolutely. Uh, listen, times have changed, but I still think when you have the opportunity to win a district title – even though it might not mean anything on paper, look at look at the powerpoints again. Look, we moved up two spots from last night, and, and you know we're close to six. We're not very far away from six. We're about point seven behind six. You know, you you got you got these guys who are fourteen and six. What it, I think uh, Terramon's now sixteen and ten. So I mean, look, if we can keep moving up and moving up and moving up, then then that's a great thing. So. I mean, look, I, I just – you never know matchups, but I think the, at this point you just look at it. The higher up you can finish in the seating, the more favorable. I, I don't know whether we have a shot at getting to the top four, I mean, which obviously is your goal to start the year, to get those – to get that first round by, to get, you know, the guarantee of having two home games, to get to McNeese. I mean, that's obviously the ideal thing. But the higher up you can finish, the better off you are, the more positive first, second, third round matchups you get. So, uh, I mean, uh, I, I agree. I think we got to be all in with it. For sure, man. Look, thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on a big win, and we'll see you soon, buddy. Okay, thanks a lot. Yep, that is Coach Bye-bye. Andrew Kiowa doing a great job, as always, getting a big one. Now they are going to be off today, back at it on the road tomorrow against Central Lafouche. They got a stretch of these four road games. Um, they're one and one. They're going to try to finish three and one. I think it's really interesting how they're going to. I think how they manage their time here is going to be as important as anything. Played Saturday off Sunday. Played Monday off Tuesday. Play Wednesday off Thursday. Play Friday. How do you handle that downtime to make sure that you keep your legs but also stay sharp? That's where having a very experienced coach who's been through the the, the fires is going to help them. Be very curious how they manage the rest of this week. Yeah, and when you, you're saying off, you mean off, no game. Yeah, no game, yeah. yeah. They're going to, uh, like you said, they're going to run a little bit today, get get, get their legs back and uh, not do a whole bunch. But, yeah, look, he's been through this hundreds of times. He knows exactly what uh, his team needs. And, you know, it, it's crazy with uh, to win a district championship, it means something. But I'd be curious to see if you'd ask somebody kind of in the middle of the pack right now, how important it is to win a district championship, and they might have a different opinion on it, and say, "Well, it's, it's not as important. You got to get into the in the top twenty-eight or whatever it's going to be. Uh, when you have a shot to win it, of course, yeah. Now it's gonna, it's important to to win it. And Casey, okay, so we, we're going to see in a, uh, I'll say a couple of years, probably sooner than that, they, the push if 
with districts? What are the LHSA will do? Don't know. I, I think that that's going to be a conversation that's going to be had real soon because a lot of the coaches really don't want to do it anymore. Um, so they want the, the scheduling freedom to play who you want to play. And the LHSA really doesn't care if you – all they want is who wins your district. Yeah. Or who's your – they don't care how you how you decide it or whatever. Uh, but we'll see if they re, if they do away with districts. Uh, if they do, you're right. You, you know, some people say out there, well, it, you take away the chance for them to win a, a, a championship before you get to the playoffs. And I get all that, but – you look at the big picture, it's to win it all. and You know what's really standing out to me as I'm looking at this is that we've got Central Lafouche in this district who's 21st. We've got Terrebonne who's 24. And if you look at the numbers and you go down to 28-29, those teams have not clinched a playoff spot yet. Central Lafouche and Terrebonne better start winning some games here against some tough competition because, yeah, they're they're pretty comfortably in right now but it's not a huge gap separating them. And then when you consider the fact that they're both likely going to get a win against a zero-win team, which is going to hurt their no- – Central Lafouche and Terrebonne are not locks to make the postseason. As crazy as that sounds, uh, they better finish the year strong. Yeah. you got, And look at Bell Chase, Hammond, North Shore, 28-29-30. Those teams, you got to look at their districts and will they compete in their districts and, and get more wins? Because if they do – and you get a loss or two, they can jump you. And that's – yeah, you're sitting at 24, Terrebonne, but uh, these teams behind you, if they win a few games and you drop a couple, you can uh, be on the verge. Yeah, it's a good point. They're not in it yet. And for Terrebonne, their next three games, Hanville, HL Bourgeois, Central Lafouche, Newman, that's their next four games. I mean, good luck. Yeah, that's going to be a very difficult stretch, and they better find a way to steal some wins there. And in they that they can absolutely. Terrebonne definitely can, and if they do, then you're going to move up. Then on the flip side, Central Lafouche, Bourgeois, Terrebonne, Destrehan, you get nothing if you beat them. East Saint John, it it's going to come down to the wire, and those teams better start winning some games. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, some interesting things happened last night. We saw a an NBA player score seventy points. We saw an NBA player score 62 points and then get called out by his coach. We'll talk about that in the next segment. It is play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You're all set with your Medicare prescriptions, Mrs. Brown. This is not just low-cost copays at Walgreens. I can actually help you set up 90-day refills if you want. This is having a partner you can trust. Get low-cost copays, 90-day refills, and delivery from your neighborhood Walgreens. This is being independent together. Walgreens. Restrictions apply. For details, see walgreens.com pharmacy. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. 
Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Joe Tuton joins us at 12.15, but first a short and abbreviated segment talking about some things happening in the world of sports. We got breaking news um, in the world of sports. I mentioned we talked some NBA, and we still will, but we have breaking news on three sports, which is a college football recruiting service, and they're usually pretty reliable. They're reporting right now that Jim Harbaugh and the Los Angeles Chargers are getting close to a deal being done, which would bring Harbaugh to the Chargers. Harbaugh reportedly would be bringing his Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter with him on his staff. So it's looking like Harbaugh actually is going to go to the NFL. And it looks like he's going to be partnering himself up with Justin Herbert, which I think is a really good young quarterback. Uh, so maybe win the championship, then adios amigo. Away from Michigan he goes. Looks like he's going back to the NFL. And why people continue to link Brian Kelly Michigan I don't know I mean he's he's hiring his staff he's yeah I don't think he's going yeah I mean why I mean it it's crazy do you think Michigan just hires the guy who replaced Harbaugh when he was suspended was yes I think that's the right move I mean they they didn't look any different when he was the head coach heck he beat Ohio State I mean that that feels like it would be a, a natural seamless fit um we'll see how that one shakes out Brian Kelly speaking of LSU they have made the decision today to run their offensive staff back in that they did not hire an offensive coordinator from outside of the building. They promoted the two co-offensive coordinators that coached the bowl. That would be Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton are going to be the co-offensive coordinators. They both were in that role for the bowl game. Sloan will remain as the quarterback's coach. Hankton will remain the wide receiver's coach and passing game coordinator. Sloan is going to be upstairs calling the plays, and they're going to share the responsibilities. In the bowl, didn't look bad. I mean, they still moved the ball. They still had a lot of offensive success. So Coach Kelly is choosing to revamp on defense but build continuity on offense. And I think at the end of the day, this is probably the right decision. Um, Give it a shot. These guys were great assistant coaches last year. Give them a chance to prove themselves next year. Yeah, we shall see. See how that goes for them. We were following this yesterday um, while we were at the Golden Meadow game. And by the way, shout out to Golden Meadow and Bayou Blue. Put on a really nice show. The Golden Meadow girls got a win. The Bayou Blue boys got a win. Also, shout out to LCO getting a sweep over E.D. White. Um, So our local middle school teams did excellent. Did you see how McNeese won last night? Yes, I did. Did you see how McNeese got on the free throw line to win the game last night? No, I just saw the free see, throw. See, a lot of people saw the okay, uh it's a, you know, free throw and uh, you know, put back and no, listen to this. I actually went back and watched the ending to that game. 
the wild and crazy finish that was McNeese getting a win over Corpus Christi on the road and staying undefeated in Southland play. McNeese is down 18 in the second half. They're getting blasted. They slowly chip away, chip away, chip away. They have the ball with about 10 seconds left, down two. Corpus Christi, as soon as McNeese crosses the timeline, fouls intentionally, thinking that they were up three, not letting mm. McNeese shoot a three-pointer, intentionally forcing them to the line. McNeese steps up, makes the first. It's a one-point game. Misses the second. Offensive rebound put back. No. Offensive rebound put back. Good on the buzzer. A critical communication error costing Corpus Christi the game there. Whoo, that one's going to sting for a long time. You had the Cowboys beat. And a mental error allows McNeese to get to 17-2 and on the season and get a 62-61 to win over Corpus Christi. Do you have that clip handy? Yeah, or sure do. You, you go back and look at it, I think. On the first miss, the guy that touched the ball for McNeese was out of bounds. It he sure looked like he was he out of bounds. He did not reestablish in bounds. It sure looked like he was so out of I, bounds. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I thought the same thing. That was a missed call, and that basket should not have counted. Mm, so Can they, you re, they review to see if the shot was? Before the buzzer yeah, as well. Before. Don't know if you could review out of bounds, though. But, yeah, because uh, that's what I would have been arguing with. I, he didn't reestablish. It looked like he was out of bounds. So the Cowboys are now 6-0 and in Southland, 17-2 and overall, staying in first place. So your theory now of going through Corpus Christi. Yeah, they did it. They did it. I mean, they were down big, but they, they battled back. Um I still think Corpus Christi is going to be a tough out in the conference tournament. But the crazy thing is McNeese keeps winning. They're not even going to need to win the conference tournament to get in. Right crazy. now they're listed as a 12 seed. They might just be – if they finish the year 28-3 and three or whatever, they're going to just be in regardless, which is, which is unbelievable. But the fact that they have the conference tournament at home also leads me to believe that they ain't losing whenever they get to the conference tournament. Nichols, boy, the cardiac colonels, man, just about make your heart stop. They were losing throughout the game against Incarnate Word, battled back with less than 15 seconds to go. They get a put-back slam dunk from Makai Collins to tie the game and force overtime. In overtime, they find a way. They win the overtime period 16-12, to and the Colonels get a big win. They're now 4-2 and in conference play, dropping UIW to 0-5. Byron Ireland had 20 points last night including the game-winning steal. He he poked one away and then we made a run-out layup. Deontay Smith had 20 points. Robert Brown, 15 points. Makai Collins, 10. Nichols had to have it. You lost to Corpus Christi. You can't lose two in a row, especially not to UIW, who's 0-5. They're now 4-2 and in the league, keeping the pace. They're in a big old tie for second place. The way this league works, you want to be at the worst in the top four to get one bye, and ideally you'd like to be in the top two to get two byes, and the Colonels kept the pace last night. They had to have it, and they got it. They got one more big game on their road trip against Commerce coming up on Saturday. Big win for Coach Sadler and his team last night. Yeah, you got to win on the road. Defend your home court, win on the road, and big, big win for the Colonels. New Orleans, man, they got beat again Struggling. last night. They, Yeah, they've lost three in a row since losing to Nichols. Uh, they lose to Houston Christian 88-80 to last night and really struggle. And then another surprise – 
Though they got a win yesterday, Southeastern, man. Southeastern was picked to be the conference runners-up. They're 2-4. and four. They did beat Northwestern yesterday, but it's been a struggle for the Lions as well. So we'll see how that all shakes itself out. Today, I think we got the LSU men playing today. Let me see. Either today or tomorrow, the Tigers will be back in action. Uh, not today. So I think tomorrow LSU will be back in action. Yes, they're taking on Georgia on the road. They're 11-7 and seven overall, 3-2 and two in SEC play. Tomorrow, we also got your big rivalry matchup. Auburn taking on Alabama should be a good matchup there in SEC play. I got to tell you this, bro. And I know we said the same thing last year, and it's going to sound like a broken record. I don't have a clue who the best college basketball team is. This thing is going to be wide open. Purdue, uh, number two team in the country. Houston, number four, really strong. There's so many teams. North Carolina is number three playing well. The number one team right now is UConn, the defending champions. Everybody's got at least two losses. There's no great team. The, the, the March Madness tournament is going to be impossible to accurately predict. Purdue could win it, but, man, they, they just choke at the end. They can't get over that hump at, at the end for whatever reason. Uh, was it last year, a couple of years ago, what, they lost to a, a terrible loss yeah, in the tournament. Like a 15 yeah, seed or I mean, something. Yeah, terrible. Them. So we'll see. Um, Purdue actually is playing Michigan tonight. Michigan's awful. Uh, that should be a lopsided win for them. Lady Tigers are getting ready for their Thursday matchup against South Carolina. The cheapest stub hub ticket that I saw this morning, $580. Amazing where that program's come from. It's like going to the damn Super Bowl, watching them play South Carolina on Thursday. That's going to be so much uh, excitement in the PMAC. And uh, college game day is going to be there. That's, that's big time for that program, no doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. Let's talk to Joe Tuton of Covenant Christian. I know his team is going to be on the practice fields getting ready. They got some scrimmages this weekend. And we'll ask Joe about how the Lions are looking. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Since we were little, we've been inseparable. But vaping felt different. She tried it because I did. But when I stopped, she kept using it. Now I wish we never vaped. It feels like it's my fault she's hooked. Sharing vapes means sharing addiction. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem. And with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. 
Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. I know we're hot and heavy in the middle of basketball season, but boy, baseball is right around the corner. Last week we had Coach Chandler Guitros on, and he was telling us about how the Tarpons were opening up baseball on Monday. Now we go to Covenant Christian Academy and have their baseball coach, Coach Joe Tuto, on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Good, sir. How about you, man? Good, man. It's that time of the year. You guys are back at it, getting ready for another year. Uh, got some umpire scrimmages coming up. How are things going over for the Lions, man? Hey, it's going good, buddy. We're looking forward to the first umpire scrimmage on Friday at Terrebonne. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely, I think we're getting better each day. I mean, guys are getting back into the swing, swing of things. We're working with our soccer program, to, you know, sharing our athletes. But uh, slowly but surely, uh, I see progress every day. That was the next question I was going to ask is, is you have told us here throughout, you know, the time that we've talked to you on the show that you guys share a lot of your guys with that soccer program. Now, I understand the, the soccer coach is also part of your baseball crew there, so I'm sure the sharing is easy, but I'm sure it also presents some challenges, man, because you don't have your full squad all the time. Well, Casey, like probably Friday night, we'll probably play the umpire scrimmage with pretty much most of the JV team. Uh, I, I see we have two. We'll have two varsity starters. Uh, the other guys have a have a you know an important soccer game right before they go into the playoffs. But uh, listen, I mean, for the most part, I think we got some experienced guys back, so uh, we should be able to catch on quick as soon as soccer season's over. You were telling me at the end of last season, you know, hey man, I like what we have returning. You're replacing some really talented and really gifted seniors, but you said, hey man, I like where we are on the mound. I like, you know, where we are at the plate. Uh, how have you guys progressed? Are you still, uh, you know, optimistic about what's ahead? I'm feeling super op- op- optimistic, Casey. I mean, listen, our guys are bigger, faster, and stronger. Listen, I, I contribute that to the foot- football program, and our guys playing football. Uh, I think it's just carried over into baseball as these kids grow and get stronger. I think we're going to really see some results on the field, man. Coach, you guys have a luxury, man. You guys added that turf field over there, the the, the public facility over at Southdown, uh, or Southland, rather, Southland Field. Uh, that's a big coup, man. On those rainy days, you guys are going to still be able to get some baseball because that thing's going to dry up quick. It's a big bonus for your crew. Listen to me. I tell you, Casey, you got to really – I mean, there should be no excuses about playing defense on ground balls at this, this turf. I mean, you got to really try hard to miss a ground ball. So, uh, I mean, we shouldn't have any excuses. I think, listen to me, I think it'll make us a better defensive team. It'll also make the, the opponent a better defensive team. So, I think you won't see as many runs scored on this field uh, like in the past because there's really no bad hops and, you know, it slows the ball down a little bit. So, it should be fun. But, man, when I tell you it's an asset as a coach just to have it, it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure, man. Tell us about your early season schedule. I see a home date with Bonneville. I see – Three matchups with Central Lafouche with a game with St. James squeezed in there. I see Assumption. I see Thibodeau. You guys are going to be challenging the heck out of yourselves, man. It looks like the in the early stages of the year, CCA is going to go face the big dogs and see what they got. Well, you know, right off the bat, Casey, I, I think uh, 
12 of our 20, uh, our 34 opponents are 5A schools and 10 wow. are, are, four, are 4A schools. So, uh, I mean, listen, you know, you need to see where you're at early because, I mean, listen, basically this is the same type of arms and pitching, you know, 5 and 4A arms is what you're going to see in 1A baseball playoffs. So, hey, let's see what we got early. And, uh, you know, I think, honestly, we, we're pretty – we're pretty set on our, about our first five, but our, our other four positions, man, I think really from number six all the way to 15, we got a lot of guys competing for spots, and, and there's some spots open, and, you know, nothing is kind of written in stone, if you know what I'm saying. Coach, I'm sure it's got to be a little bit different for you, that ride home from practice. You don't have your boy with you this year, man. I'm sure that that was something that you cherished, and not be having him in the dugout this year has got to feel a little bit different. Oh, listen, it's a lot different, but I, I think in a positive way, It'll be better, basically, probably for my team, uh, you know, it, it just because, you know, listen, baseball won't always come home with me. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Probably a good thing for my, you know, my players now just because, hey, you know, when you have a bad day, sometimes, you, you know, I tell them to wash it and it'll be a little easier for me to wash it. So, Look, I definitely I, listen. I miss our senior class. I miss JT tremendously. Uh, but listen, life goes on, and, and, and listen, basically the next man up. So I feel like we got some guys who can step in and take his spot. Uh, you know, so it should be fun. I mean, it's a little different, but I mean, look, it's life. It you know, it goes on. So we'll figure it out one way or the other. Coach, I know that one of the big rules implemented is you guys will be able to use the pitch comm system where you'll be able to talk directly to the catcher. And I was talking to Coach Mike Barber, and he was saying, hey, there's so many different ways. You know, you could you could put a, a piece in the catcher's ear. You could get the watch. And the, what are you guys going to be using to communicate with your catchers this season? We'll have a, we'll have a piece in the catcher's ear, uh, basically, you know, with a little walkie-talkie where you could talk directly to him. I mean, that's kind of the plan, what we got going into it. Uh, you know, Coach uh, Butch, you know, he kind of showed me what they were using at home of Christian, a pretty simple system, and uh, seems to be working pretty good so far in practice. For sure, man. Look, tell me about that. You guys are playing home of Christian this year. Um, it's going to be a game over at your park. And Butch was telling me you guys are doing something special. It's going to be like some sort of a like a fundraiser game. Tell us about that. Well, it's a fundraiser that Coach Butch had put together. Listen, I tell you, I think, you know, we have a little rivalry with Homer Christian, but it's a friendly rivalry, and I think it brings a lot of people. And I think, it, listen, it's a fundraiser. I think he's brought up a great idea. I mean, it should be fun. He's kind of overseeing it, and we just want to participate in it because I think it can kind of help, you know, everybody involved. You said you got some uh, some competition for some starting spots up for grabs. What are some things you're looking to see? I know we have Chandler on all the time, and he says, hey, man, I'm going to put my nine best bats in the lineup, and we'll figure out the defense. Do you guys have that same approach, or do you guys you know, maybe lean a more, little bit more defense-heavy sometimes? Well, listen, I think we're going to lean a little more defense-heavy sometimes because I feel like, uh, you know, in our situation uh, – you know, we just kind of play with the personnel we have. And, I mean, listen, I, I think what happens is when you're playing some of these young kids, listen, if you're expecting these kids who are in the ninth and tenth grade who would never varsity starters to come out there and tear the cover off the ball, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So if they're going to be a little bit more solid defensively, you know what, I think they'll get a few more opportunities because I think, you know, if, if it comes to hitting late in the game, uh, everybody has a different philosophy, but I figure if the other team doesn't score, they can't beat you. So that's kind of – we probably lean a little bit more toward the defensive kid. There you go. Very well said. Um, coach, uh, 
man, I, I'm super excited for Nichols baseball. I'm super excited for LSU baseball. The Colonels are the Southland champions. LSU's the national champions. I think both teams are going to have really loaded years again. Um, man, it's exciting. I'm excited to see the high school ranks, but I think we're going to be really good at the college ranks as well. Well, I mean, Casey, I told you last year, I thought LSU would do what they did. Uh, I'm excited to see Nichols because I think that uh, there's a lot of haters out there that don't think they can repeat. I actually think they can be better, Casey. Listen, yep. I, I've, been, I've been fortunate. I've been to a few practices with Coach Silva. We have a few of our Hogs guys that are playing there. Uh, I don't think they're going to sneak up on, on anybody anymore in Nichols and surprise them, but I tell you this, they're solid. They're, they, these guys are solid over in Thibodeau. They're doing the right things. And listen, what, what else can you say? LSU is going to be LSU. Jay Johnson's phenomenal over there, what he's doing. And uh, listen, it, this is going to be a fun time for baseball in South Louisiana. And uh, I, I mean, I think across the board, when you when you look at the programs, I think South Lafouche will be back where they need to be. Look, Central Lafouche had it rolling. Lance Lance had them guys going in the right direction. Vanderbilt's going to be Vanderbilt. Ed White's going to be Ed White. Coach Barber at South Terrebonne is loaded again. I feel like he's pretty good. And I tell you, don't sleep on Thibodeau High. I think they got some sleepers, even though they lost some guys from last year. Uh, and, and Terrebonne High School has a few players, you know, in the area. I mean, listen, Coach Delahousse and those guys are doing a phenomenal job of scheduling and handling things at Ellender. Uh, Josh Smith, you know, at Bourgeois has two very talented college players. So on any given day, I mean, the Braves can, can sneak up and beat anybody. It should be really, really fun baseball around here, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, can't wait for that, brother. Look, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, man. Super looking forward to the baseball season. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, buddy. Yep, that is Coach Joe Tutone doing a good job. He said his team's going to be ready to roll. I'm hearing the same excitement from Central Lafouche. Lance thinks they're going to be better. Shane lost a bunch, but I'm hearing they're super excited. Assumption's going to be good. Vanderbilt's going to be good. It's going to be another one of those years where we're going to be following a lot of playoff-bound teams and a lot of teams that, frankly, are going to be beating up on one another because they're going to all be in the same districts playing one another. It's going to be a very, very fun high school baseball season. Yep, always like baseball season. Warmer weather is on the way, but not before that first two or three weeks of the season. It's brutal. You better be prepared. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about still that. It's chilly out there. They open up the season CCA does against Bonneville at home. It's an advantage, bro, to have that turf for a couple of reasons. A, you could play more dates. If it rains all morning, all you got to do is make sure your outfield's good, that the infield's going to be fine. And B, the time that you don't have to spend raking and cutting and mowing, and it just frees up like half of your day, it feels like, and there's more time to do the other stuff. CCA got the turf. They play on a public field out there. Um, that's a big advantage to them. They got it on the infield and then also in, down the foul lines. That's a big coup to the lines having that available to them. Look, when you're taking care of athletic fields, you got to put in a good amount of water, your time, and money. That's the three things taking care of, of athletic fields. And uh, when you go to turf, those things are, you don't have to worry about. But how do you, you get the turf? Um, I don't think the school board right now is in position to put turfs on the infield baseball. Maybe, I, but uh, we'll see. Can local schools just uh, do it themselves? That's an expense, man, a big ex uh, expense. So so you were an AD. You would know some of this stuff, okay? On the football side, I remember it was 
how much per field dollar? It was in the hundreds of thousands. No, about a million per yeah. field. Okay, so about a million dollars per field for the football side. Baseball obviously is less turf. Did you guys ever shop around to see what a baseball infield would cost? Man, we had we had looked at. I, I can't remember the exact price, but it's it's hundreds of thousands. Yes, yeah, nowhere near a million, but um, I I would guess maybe three hundred, four hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, I might be off on that, but I think it's uh, somewhere around there. So uh, to get the three for the three Lafouche schools, it would be oh, 1.5 million ish, something like that. Yeah, it, just one there. Yeah, yeah, just trying to connect some dots here and see. But I, obviously, I don't know what they have available to them. But it is a very steep expense for sure, for sure, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Pirates just put what they put in now. Uh, is that the same quality what the Paris put that you want on your high school field? I'm know. not sure because I'm not sure what they put down, but um, it's an expense. It would, I'm sure the coaches would welcome it, but. I tell you what, I, I like what Assumption got. They just got the home plate and the, the mound area turf. That To me, that's that's big. Um, you know, just anything, any little bit could help potentially. Man, I was thinking of that, but it was Assumption that, yeah, that, that's. That's a start. I mean, if you just do that right there, it's a, a big improvement. Yeah, so we'll see. I think that that's going to continue to evolve. We might be a few years away, but I think at some point we're going to see that push to try to get those teams. And, and speaking of turf, we'll see in a few years uh, when that turf has to be replaced. Yeah, they said, what, 8, 10 years, 15 years, something yeah, like, like that? Like 8 to 12 years, depending on the, the use of it. And, and it's already been, what, 3, 4 years, 5 years maybe? It's been a little bit. And, and look, down here, I don't know if the salty air has something to do with it or whatever, but uh, it, it may be sooner than later that they have to replace it because once you, once you have the turf, you have it. And it's a lot cheaper to just replace it than start the whole process. Like tear it up and put grass again? That would be <laughs> – No, I'm talking about to replace the turf yeah, yeah. every so many yeah, yeah. years. You don't have to go through it the whole nine yards of it. But um, it's still an expense. Yeah, no doubt. We'll certainly be keeping our eyes on that. Let's catch a break when we get back. Promise you some NBA talk and still didn't get into it. We had a very historic night last night in the NBA with two guys just doing some crazy stuff. One is a hero, and one kind of looks like a goat. It's play-by-play. We'll be talking about that in the next segment right here on KLEB. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Will Abel and the Abel Law Firm in Thibodeau, Louisiana, are proud supporters of local athletics. The Able Law Firm focuses on commercial litigation and serious personal injury claims in state and federal courts across Louisiana. That's Able Law Firm in Thibodeau. Austin Center here, driver of the Discount Tire, number two Ford Mustang, and 2022 NASCAR Cup Series Rookie of the Year. Having the right tire pressure on the racetrack is crucial to my success. Tire pressure is also critical to keeping you safe on the road. Whether it's for safe stopping distances in all seasons or getting the best gas mileage, you want to keep your vehicle's tires properly inflated. 
Check your tire pressure at least once a month or stop by a local tire retailer for an air check. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Join the Hot Sauce Express weekdays on the Rage and Cajun. Tune in from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet. The Hot Sauce Express. And it's all brought to you in part by Later of the Sea General Hospital and Golden Motors. Don't forget, as the Hot Sauce Express weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Right here on the Rage and Cajun. Kelly B. 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Welcome back to Play by Play here. We thank Coach Joe Tutone for the time in the last segment of the show. Oh, man. <laughs> Todd Bowles has just spoke. I, I know I keep saying all oh, NBA, NBA, NBA. Breaking news here. Todd Bowles was asked about why he didn't call a timeout with 37 seconds left in the game, get the ball back to his offensive team. And he said, well, listen, they did. This is this is ridiculous. This is this is dumber than the decision. He said, "Quote: At that point, the game was over." He said, "It's not a gentleman agree- gentleman's agreement amongst the coaches, but they were in field goal range. We'd have had twelve seconds calculated using that timeout to come back from it. Then we were would have been down eleven points. So it's kind of pointless. You kind of know when the game is over. At that point, the game was over." You could have had 37 seconds, made them attempt a 50-yard field goal. I don't know why there's just this assumption that that would automatically be made and you'd be down 11. Instead, you let them sit on the ball, did not call timeout, and the game was over. Down eight, facing a 50-yarder, 37 seconds left in the game, and you made the decision that the game was over? Todd Bowles, did you not watch the Vikings and Saints playoff game a couple years ago? The game was over? Dude, that that is that's worse than the decision to begin with. I would have respected Todd Bowles if he would have came out and said, you know what, we watched the situation, uh, we made a mistake, we screwed that up, we could have handled that better. But to say, oh, no, it was over, we, we were done. They were going to make the field goal, we would only had 30. Give me a break. That's That's embarrassing. That's flat-out embarrassing. Yeah, it should have been 12, 14 seconds, but they snapped the ball way early. Yes. So, yeah, it was. It, it would have been 30-something seconds. And give your team a chance, you never know. You never – now, you assuming that Buffalo well, – you know, uh, Detroit, right? It was Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Buffalo, Detroit. You're assuming that Detroit would have lined up to kick the field goal. It would have been a 50-yard field goal. Detroit kicker Michael Badley is 5 of 13 on 50-yard kicks or more this season. If he missed, you would have got the ball at your own 40 with roughly 30 seconds left. 
at least force the opposing coach to make a decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to line up and kick a long field goal? Will you punt the ball to us and steal a one-possession game? I don't think I would have kicked the field goal because it goes back to where the line of scrimmage or spotted or whatever it is. Uh, they would have had great field. I would have punt the ball and, and try and pin them back deep with 30-something seconds left. You got Mike Evans, who routinely catches balls deep down the field. I this this is that that that's ridiculous. Yeah, look, eight. You needed eight point. You needed a touchdown and a two point conversion. Right. It's an uphill battle. Chances are not very good, but give you team that you chance. have a chance. You, you go from having a two percent chance to having a zero percent chance. And when I watched the game, I was looking. I said, "Oh, it must be a mistake. They don't have a timeout left." Oh no! That that's unexplainable. You, oh, you no. that's uh, that 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 shouldn't happen. The game was over on that level. Should not happen. That's that's the worst clock management. We we diss Mike McCarthy and some of the dumb things he does in clock. That's that's no. by far the worst. Is the head coach obviously, but there had to have some type of some assistance yelling time on the out. headsets. Call a timeout. What are you doing? Look, dude, and look. Even if this would have been a twenty-yard field goal, you you make them kick it. You could block it. They could miss it. They could fumble this. Anything could happen. You just conceded. Now nah, these last thirty seconds don't matter. How nah, the game's over. That, that that's a loser mentality, man. What are you doing? Yep, that's un, uncalled for at that level. No doubt. Um, last night in the NBA, we saw two Herculean performances. Joel Embiid last night for the Philadelphia 76ers scored 70 points. 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. He was going up against the San Antonio Spurs' dominant number 1 pick, Victor Winbanyama, who had 33 points and 7 rebounds in the game. Joel Embiid becomes just the third player in NBA history to have 60-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists joining Michael Jordan and then one other. Joel Embiid now on the season is averaging 36.1 points per game with 11.6 rebounds. It's unbelievable, man. A 70-point game in the NBA. That is some special stuff. And then what's the craziest part about it is that after that game went final, the Timberwolves tried to top it. Carl Anthony Towns scores 62 points for the Timberwolves. The problem is that Embiid was playing well and helping his team win. Carl Anthony Towns was just shooting every time he got the ball, and they lost to the Charlotte Hornets, getting outscored 36-18 to in the fourth quarter, to which their coach, Chris Finch, had this to say. And look for a hot hand, but at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. we got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and... Um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, How about that? You got a guy who scores 62 points and your coach is saying, we disrespected the game. We didn't do the things we were supposed to do. And he ain't happy. They were force-feeding the ball to Carl Anthony Towns. They blew a big lead in the process. How would you, Brian Colley, handle that? Because obviously it's cool that you got a player capable of scoring 62, but when you're doing it outside of the offense and you're losing because of it, 
that's got to be a very interesting team meeting that'll be held later today in Minnesota. I wouldn't do it. I, I mean, yeah, if someone wants to get a record, you try, and, and it depends on how the situation, I guess, of the game, whatever, but never jeopardize losing a game right. to get someone a record. <laughs> they, were, they were winning by 20 in the fourth uh, quarter yeah. and then just decided, yeah, you know what, we're going to just stop playing <laughs> so that we could get Carl Anthony Towns to you know catch and bead. Um, isn't it nuts though, how much the game has changed? Carl Anthony Towns is a seven foot, one inch center. He was 10 of 15 from the three point line last night. These dudes, uh, the, the, the old phrase and cliche that they use now is it's positionless basketball. These, the, the centers play like the guards and the guards. It's unbelievable how much the game has evolved back in the day. The center was Big old clumsy guy that had to be in the paint. That's not the case anymore. That's a (laughs) day of the past. You can't play with guys like that anymore. And you got a center last night who made 10 three-pointers in a game. That's unbelievable. Golly, the Pels made, as a team, the other night 25. 25 for New Orleans the other night. That's crazy. Then Um, they come the next game and shoot like 10%. (laughs) threes. (laughs) Uh, Embiid last night only shot two threes, but he did make one. But he got to the free throw line 23 times and was 21 of 23 from the the foul line. Tonight, we got New Orleans, who's back in action, taking on the Utah Jazz. The Pelicans are 25 and 18. The premier game in the NBA tonight is going to be the Lakers and the Clippers, which will be on TNT at 9 o'clock. So, if you're like, let's say, listening to this and you're officiating the two South Lafouche games tonight, um, little lax on the Let fouls, play. please. Yeah, <laughs> L- little lax on the fouls. The radio crew trying to get home for nine o'clock. Watch the Lakers and the Clippers go at it. Um, all kidding aside, it should be a. Should Did be they a have game. an NFL game Saturday? No, sir. The NFL games on this weekend or this gonna... past Saturday. Oh, this past. Yeah, yeah, they did. Of course. Uh, there was no whistle. End right. of the game. I'm so confused right now. In a gym, there was no whistle. Oh, 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 okay, I got you. I thought you were saying there was no whistle at the end of the NFL game. No, no. I'm following you. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about those NFL matchups. Conference championship games, Baltimore and Kansas City, 2 o'clock Sunday. San Francisco, Detroit, 5.30 Sunday. Let's go pull up the weather at old Baltimore, see what it's going to be like. Cold. Ah, not bad. 49. 49 degrees. <laughs> That's cold. Oh, it could be far worse. 49 degrees for them. And then let's see San Francisco. San Francisco is always raining this time of the year. Let's see if it's they give rain in the forecast. Uh, 69 and sunny. So weather's not going to be an issue in either of the games. Your early guess as to who's going to bring these home. 49ers, Lions, Ravens, Chiefs. Early? I would just say 49ers. I just the Lions. I, man, I hope they would win. They're a big underdog. They're seven point underdog. But I, I, early on, right now, I, I would go 49ers, <clears throat> and I, I can't pick against the Chiefs. I don't know. It's just something about them. Man, they they're stepping up, and I think their defense is is playing well. And Mahomes will make enough plays. To get them to win. Can I say something about the Chiefs for a second, man? I get really tired of every Sunday. Ooh, why do you keep showing Taylor Swift in the audience? Man, that's so aggravating. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it is a little bit weird, and it is a little bit out of place. 
But why is it that when Travis, not Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey took his shirt off and was dancing and flipping his shirt around and was shotgunning beers, why everybody said that was okay? That's a celebrity in the stands. So you football fans would rather see a guy with no shirt on shaking his ass than Taylor Swift clapping her hands and celebrating? What does that say about you guys? That's a little bit weird to me. I, I was I was appalled by that. Oh, look, Jason Kelsey's here, and he's drinking beer. Ha, ah, that's awesome. I want to see more of him. But when they cut to Taylor, oh, she's terrible. Get her off of the TV. I hate seeing her there. Go back to music. We really like to see the near-naked guy more than the blonde? What are we doing? So what you'd rather see? Taylor Swift all day long. I'd, I'd rather see the game. Did you miss but any plays this weekend? I missed a bunch. Because <laughs> we were at Terrebonne. <laughs> but that's my thing. They're like, okay, it's understood. When the Cowboys score, they're going to show Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones high-fiving and fizz-bumping and everything. No one says anything about that. Why does everybody have a complaint about Taylor Swift for? She She's a beautiful young lady. Why why does it matter that they show her when the Chiefs score? Yeah, you know, at first it was like, why are they showing her? But now I'm over all that. Yeah, show her as, as much as you want. It's, it's not... Not a big deal, but uh, Jason Kelsey, man, take a chill pill, relax. He uh, he's something else, huh? He says he's retiring, so you could tell that the level of giving a bleep for him yeah. is a little bit out of the window when you're dancing with your shirt off and you're shotgunning and chugging beer. Well, and he he all, almost had to retire due to injury because he almost slipped on that step when he jumped out that boot. He. Boy, that right foot, you look at that, he was close. He almost slipped. That would have been that would have been blood. Yeah, it would have been blood. It would have been very interesting to see. Can the Chiefs slow down the Ravens run game? Buffalo but ran the ball the on The question them. is, would he have spilled his beer? No, 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 no. He would not have spilled no, no. Then he would have been okay. Yeah. Everything would have worked. Respect, out just respect. <laughs> can, can the Chiefs slow down Baltimore's running the ball? Josh Allen had 12 carries for 72 yards, two touchdowns. James Cook had 61 yards. Ty Johnson had 40 yards. The Bills, as a team, had 182 yards. It's going to be a big challenge. Now, here's, here's why I think it is maybe going to be a little better than what people realize. Because to play Buffalo, you have to bring some safeties up and stuff to try to stop the run because. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you can't – I said that wrong. Against Buffalo, you can't bring the safeties up to stop the run because Josh Allen's going to tear you apart. I don't know that Lamar is as proficient from the pocket, and I think you can maybe help a little bit. So this idea that the Chiefs are going to just get run over, I don't know that I necessarily buy that. I think that they're going to be better against the run against Baltimore than they were against Buffalo. And on the other way, can the Chiefs run the ball? That's going to be tough. Look, they start to run it a little bit better. Yeah. And can they run it? So Baltimore is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, over under 44-and-a-half. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a low-scoring game, 24-20 to 20 type of thing. Um, the other game, the 49ers are a seven-point favorite, and Vegas actually thinks there's going to be a bunch of offense in that one. I think the over-under is like 50. Uh, so we'll see. We got this weekend the championship games. Then we got the bye. Then we got the Super Bowl after that, the Super Bowl out in Vegas. It'll be a whole lot of fun to see who ends up bringing it home. I know a lot of people are rooting for the Lions because, you know, hey, it would be something new. For me, honestly, it's anybody but Baltimore. Um, we'll see. Do you have a particular team that you're rooting for over the others? 
Not really. If I had to pick one, would would be Detroit, but not not really. And I think the the Chiefs Baltimore game, I think that would be a great Super Bowl matchup. Why do we do com- that compared to to what could happen? Why do we do that? Because look, it, we do the same thing in the NBA, and we do the same thing in the MLB. Like right now, I think the two best teams in the NBA, well, maybe the three best teams. I'd say Boston. I'd say the Clippers. I'd say the Nuggets. Okay. I think the Nuggets and the Clippers might be the two best teams. We'll never see them play in the finals. Why do we still have conferences like that? Uh, the SEC's going away from it. There's going to be no more East and West. Next year, Ellis, you could play Alabama and Georgia for the championship. Back in the day, conferences were made because in the 60s and the 70s, it was hard to fly, and you wanted to stay regional, and you wanted to play the teams next to you. And Now that's really not an issue. These teams are making billions and billions of dollars. They've got their own jets and everything. I wish there would be a day where we could see the Cowboys play the Saints in the Super Bowl, where we could see, well, we we got it in the SEC. Now Alabama and LSU could play in the SEC championship, where we could see the Yankees and the Red Sox in the World Series. Why do we still do this? Because a lot of times we don't end up getting the two best teams. I stopped listening when you said Cowboys Super Bowl (laughs) because that ain't happening. We got a better (laughs) chance than the team I had them against in my hypothetical. (laughs) That's a given. You know, uh, yeah, but why? I, that's a good question. I mean, because I honestly think the AFC Championship game would would be a great Super Bowl matchup. Mm. A lot of hype. You can, uh, I think, it would be great because Detroit in a Super Bowl. I mean, Forty Niners are they kind of struggle a little bit at times. They they're. Yeah, I don't know. It, it yeah, it would be very interesting to see. Look, we got some some big news in the business side of the world of sports. No. Um, WWE today announced that they are going to be beginning in January of next year, so one year from now, bringing Monday Night Raw to Netflix. Um, they are currently airing Monday Night Raw on USA, and then they announced that SmackDown is going to be moving from Fox to USA. And then they announced that NXT is going to be on CW. So it's all new television rights deals or whatever. But Monday Night Raw, which is the longest episodic TV show like in history, is going to be going to a streaming service on a $5 billion deal, which means that I mean, you got $5 billion added to your budget. They're going to be able to pay a big talent. Like, this is a great thing for them. But now is it going to be a great thing for fans in that you're going to have to pay monthly to watch Monday Night Raw. Now, it is Netflix. It is the largest streaming site. Pretty much most Americans have Netflix or have access to somebody else's password to watch Netflix. But here's the thing, bro, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Peacock had a NFL playoff game exclusive to Peacock. WWE bringing their biggest show to Netflix next year. In the next five or six years, if you're a cable provider, you better either evolve or start doing some of the stuff that some of these streaming platforms are doing because everything is going there. We're going to see very soon more games on these apps, more games on These platforms, more games and more services and more television shows going to these platforms 
The landscape is changing. WWE just got $5 billion from Netflix. Imagine what the NBA could get. Imagine what the MLB could get. The world as we know it in terms of consuming television is about to change drastically. Man, uh, it's a shame that you're going to have to start paying. Before it's all said and done, regular season game, you're going to have to pay. Poke out the money. You're going to be paying to watch sports on TV. And look, I, I mentioned this to you off the air. It doesn't affect me, right? I have them all. I got Netflix. I got Peacock. I got Hulu. I got ESPN. It doesn't affect me at all. But I think back to when my grandmother, God rest her soul, was alive. She was a huge sports fan. She wouldn't have been able to figure out how to get Netflix or Peacock or like I know for sure that when my grandmother was alive, she would have wanted to see that Chiefs Dolphins game and she would have been calling me like, hey, babe, what, what channel are the games on? And then she would have been disappointed when I told her, Simon, well, you can't see it. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be lost in the wash. And those are the ones that you feel for because there are going to be a lot of people who A, won't be able to afford this, B, won't be able to figure out how to do it, C, won't have the Wi-Fi, the internet capability, whatever. We're leaving out some good folks that would want to consume the product in the name of being more technologically savvy and staying up with the times. It's a little bit unfortunate, man. It is. It, it truly is a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, my mom calls me, uh, what channel are the Saints on? And if it's from Fox to go to CBS and she can't find it, my goodness. <laughs> she's flipping out. So, yeah, if they, if they can't watch these games, and I, I just I don't like it. And look, the bottom line: people are going to to buy it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, first off, Netflix already has. In fact, let, let's Google this: How many subscribers does Netflix have? Netflix already has, according to Google. 247 million subscribers. So you got an audience of 247 million people. That's probably going to even grow once this WWE thing comes into the fold. So they've got the people to support the audience. The ratings and everything won't be a factor. But here's the thing I don't like about it. is when, And I mentioned this whenever we had the playoff game on Peacock. When you're on an app, there's no changing the channels, right? If I'm watching Raw on Netflix and I want to during a commercial, go to something else, you got to close the app. You got to open up something else. It becomes tedious yep. and it becomes burdensome. And I don't know that I'm going to like that very much. I think more people are going to start watching stuff not live and after the fact because of this. And it could potentially hurt the viewing audience. But we'll see. That's a big domino that falls. And I'll tell you this it's easy for you and I to complain and say we don't like this. But if somebody offered us $5 billion to move this show to Netflix, I'm sure we would take it. <laughs> Yeah, you you are about number one. You don't worry about other people, but it's and again, people complained about the Peacock deal with the Dolphin game. They still had a crap ton of people that watched it. I forgot what it was, but so many. I mean, millions of people bought the subscription like that week to watch the game. So people are gonna buy it. Mm, and mm, look. Mm, mm. And, and when it comes down, we can say, oh, we're not buying it. When it comes down to it, we will. If you want to watch it yeah, bad enough, you, you will. Yeah, you will. New Orleans Saints are staying active. They are um, interviewing Clint Kubiak, the 49ers passing game coordinator, and also Brian Greasy, who's the 49ers quarterback's coach. They have also interviewed Shane Waldron, 
or they interviewed Shane Waldron before he got the offensive coordinator job with the Bears. They interviewed Zach Robinson, a quarterback's coach, to try to become the offensive coordinator. Here's what's starting to worry me about this. We're seeing all these people that they're interviewing and talking to, and um, Dan Pitcher, who is a, a quarterback's coach for the Bengals, who's another one. They're not interviewing anybody who's an active offensive coordinator. They're not interviewing anybody who's ever called plays before. It's one thing to be a quarterback's coach. It's another thing to be a passing game coordinator. Um, But until you've actually called plays, it would be different if Dennis Allen were an offensive guy and you'd say, all right, well, he's going to have his thumb on this. No, it's he's a defensive guy. I would want somebody who's, you know, had experience calling games before. And so far, no one that they've interviewed is a current or even former offensive coordinator at the NFL level. Where's all the talk John Gruden? I think John Gruden is it's kind of understood, right? I think it's like, hey, we're going to interview everybody, and then if we don't like what we see, we know Gruden is interested and would do it. I think they're trying to figure out a way to not have John Gruden, but um, don't know. I mean, could it be a, a smoke screen that they're putting on that Gruden's our guy, but we're going to interview all these other guys just to kind of satisfy the public and the ones that don't want Gruden? Say, look, we went through all these candidates and no one, so we – uh, Let me ask you this. This shouldn't matter, but I think it does. If you're Dennis Allen and you're on the hot seat, do you really want to hire a Super Bowl winning head coach to be on your offensive assistant staff, knowing that that means that you can now at any given second be fired and they have a replacement for you? Yeah, I mean, that that's... <laughs> <laughs> but you hire him and you win, is, is the head coach, you're going to... You may get a contract extension. Can you imagine that? Oh, I would love it. Oh, As much as you're going to love this, we've got news of who the Super Bowl officiating crew is going to be. Bill Vinovich is going to be the white hat referee. Bill Vinovich, the guy who screwed the Saints in that Rams game, is now going to be headlining the Super Bowl officiating crew. My God, what are we doing, NFL? Bill Vinovich, whose crew was at the part of one of the biggest missed calls in the history of the sport. <laughs> I know it's easy for me to officiate from the stands. That was a terrible call, and now he gets the Super Bowl assignment. That news That's just broke. Guy? It's your boy from the oh, Saints yeah, Rams yeah. game. No big deal. That's his. That, that's over with. That's his third Super Bowl assignment that he's going to get. Shows you how bad officiating is in the NFL. If he's the best, yeah, that ain't all that good. Because huh? he he's not very good. He I'm, they got better than him, but apparently they don't. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, so Vinovich got the Super Bowl assignment. Apparently, Brian Kelly is still being linked to Michigan by some fans. I yeah. see a Michigan fan site reporting that he may be uh, open for an interview. LSU fans are shooting that down, saying that it's going to go to to Deron Moore. I think it's going to go to Deron Moore, but Brian Kelly, don't even go into interview. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the dude. You're going to be on probation over there. Like there, there's a reason why the previous guy's leaving <laughs> because they're about to be in trouble. They're about to have some issues. If not for that, the, the well, Harbaugh maybe. doesn't want to go to the NFL. He's being forced to go to the NFL. Maybe Kelly knows he did some illegal things at LSU. He might be. Oh, maybe so. Nah, I don't believe that. But it says that the Chargers are 
again, and we talked about this earlier, within striking distance on a deal with Harbaugh, but they're also talking to Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel. Pete Carroll, he's 80 years old. Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel. Um, if Mike Vrabel doesn't get a head coaching job this cycle, I think the NFL teams are stupid. I think that Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. I would rather him over Pete Carroll. I'd rather him over Bill Belichick. If New Orleans told me tomorrow they were firing Dennis Allen, which I know they don't have the stones to do, <laughs> Mike Vrabel would be number one on my list of people that I would want. Um, don't get that one. Don't get that one. Well, I guess if you can be president when you're 80, you can coach a football team. Well, hopefully but the president isn't 80 for much longer. Pete Carroll's in his 70s, probably mid-70s. Early, yeah, early 70s, like 72, 73. Uh, last thing, and then we'll wrap up. The United States uh, Team USA Olympic Basketball has announced that Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Edwards, Desmond Bain, Damian Lillard, Jim, Jimmy Butler, Jarrett Allen, Poello Banchero, Aaron Gordon, and Austin Reeves are amongst 35 to 40 people who are going to be considered for Team USA's roster ahead of the upcoming Olympics. The full list coming out soon. USA lost in the World Championships. Baby, we ain't losing no. in the Olympics. If we're sending this crew here, and I know Curry has said he would maybe want to play. LeBron said he maybe wants to play. Yeah, good luck to y'all, rest of the world. I think it was France that won the championship. Or no, I'm sorry, it was Germany that won the championship. God bless you, Germany. Um, yeah, the, the big dogs are coming this summer out in Paris. Good luck to you. We want to wrap up today's show. We want to thank Coach Joe Tuton for the time and Andrew Kaiwet for the time. Hope everybody has really enjoyed our program today. And we're going to be back tomorrow with our mailbag and Taylor Griffin. And we're going to try to get Coach Brody. I know his schedule is a little bit in flux these days. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Reminder, we're in the tank tonight. You'll be able to hear it right here on KLEB. Adios, y'all. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.